With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. This week, it's Viva Las Vegas, baby, in the fall swing with the Shriners Children's Open. I'm Diane Knox, and I'm joined by Steve Elkington. And Elk, in the years that I've known you, the Vegas stories from life on tour seem to always pop up and be the best ones. Yes, good morning to you, Diane. We are headed to Las Vegas. You know, Vegas is one of those places you can't wait to get there and you can't wait to leave. <laughs> when we were on tour years ago, I think it was played in the fall uh, for the most part. And we used to play, Diane, right on the strip. The Desert Inn golf course was right there. I mean, literally out the back of the casino. The Las Vegas Country Club, I think it, it's still there. Even the Tropicana was a course that we played on a time or two. Now the courses have all gone on the strip, except maybe Las Vegas Country Club, and they've they've moved out of town to TPC Sumberland. But I do recall one story, Diane, back in my day, we used to get our wake-up calls. Uh, we'd call the front desk, and they would call our room to wake us up. And I was at the de- I was staying at Caesar's Palace, and my phone rang, and I jumped up, had a shower, got my golf clubs, and headed to the golf, walking through the casino with my clubs, got in the car, and I was driving down the strip. I was only going a couple blocks to the Desert Inn for my 7 a.m. tea time, uh, and I was thinking, man, it's dark. It's, it's really dark out. It's going to have to get light pretty quick here. And I pulled in to park, and I, I turned around to see a building, and they had a clock on the building, and it was 1.23 in the morning. <laughs> so, so, somehow my room just got rang. I thought that was a wake-up call, and I was at the golf. So I, I finished up sleeping the night there in the car. I still got up and shot like a 68, so I was pretty – overall, I was pretty happy with everything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And the thing about Vegas and these grand hotels is you go downstairs to the casino, and it can be as busy at 1 in the morning as it is at 7 in the morning. So – you don't. You lose all track of time in Vegas, and they, they definitely make it that way on purpose. Yeah, everything's you know was glamorous uh, in the '80s in Vegas. Uh, there was another story I recall. We were playing at Las Vegas Country Club, which was a really 
narrow little course and it was a fun course to play had some of the best screens on tour and the 17th hole was a longish par three about 225 yards and they had a rolls royce for a hole in one prize and uh, it was a saturday's round and there was a man up there with an umbrella on the back to watch all the players come through and i was playing early and i hit this four iron it was right at the pin landed on the green and it was just running towards the flag and even the guy at the umbrella got up in the air because it it was going to go in and apparently it just hit the flag and hopped back and sat on the front edge. And when I got up there, it was like a $200,000 Rolls Royce. This is in the eighties. And um, I got up there and the guy's like, there's no way this ball could miss. I mean, so anyway, I make my, my birdie and I walked to the 18th tee and you wouldn't know it. Scott Hoke playing behind me flew it in the hole to, for him win the Rolls Royce. So, I was close. Gosh, that's an amazing story. And we've seen quite a lot of aces at TBC Summerlin. And I think of when Jonathan Bird won in a playoff and he won with an ace. So it's a, it's a course that kind of goes hand in hand with some great stories like that. Yeah, when you go to the desert, um, you know, when we handicap this week, it's very tricky for us this week because... We have a lot of the star players that aren't playing this week. We'll start to see a few come into the event this week. We'll talk about during this show. Then we have the emergence of all these young guys coming from the Corn Ferry that are all eager to get out there. But I think this week at TPC Sunderland, uh, Summerlin, Diane, uh, a little bit of experience is needed because we are going to get to 20, 21, 22 under, 24 under par, which is six per day. So we're going to discuss all about how, how who can get to those numbers this week. It's, um, it's funny that you mention experience because this is one of those tournaments that over the years, the same names have popped up. They've either been past champions or they've finished runner up or they've had solid top 10 finishes. And Martin Laird last year, I mean, you knew that I had to mention this very early in the show. He's a past champion at this tournament. But then last year he was 250 to one. We had gone through everything. We'd seen that he was one of these guys that was a very solid performer around this course, lives in, well, on that side of the country. And he won it last year in a playoff. And um, we look at Kevin Na, who's a past champion multiple times runner-up finishes Patrick Cantley is another one not playing this year but the same names are popping up a lot it seems to be one of those horses for courses tracks that we talk about yeah exactly and I think there's two clubs that are important this week one is the driver doesn't have to be super long but super long wouldn't hurt and the other one is putting you can't win this tournament unless you're an excellent putter. When you think of a, what's, what do you mean by an excellent putter? Someone like a Kevin Nah, who's not a long hitter, has yeah. to, keeps it in play. He lives here at this course, but he's super at putting and he knows the breaks. I don't think any rookies that are coming up from Corn Ferry are going to win this, this tournament. I think they could get off to good starts, but it does take some experience to play around this course, Diane. There's some out of bounds. There's some tricky little holes. And the guys that have played it a long time know exactly what to do. And we're going to discuss all that. And we saw Bryson DeChambeau play here last year. He was all over the place. And that was what stopped him from when he finally got a good round on the last day. But basically, two clubs are the key. If you hit a good drive on most of these holes, these are short iron shots. And that's how they get to six under each day. We're basically talking about birding every third hole for 72 holes to get to the get the trophy. 
Yeah, well, minus 23 has been the number the last two years. So we're going to see a little bit of a shootout, similar to what we saw last week at the Sanderson Farms Championship, where Sam Burns got his second win of the season. We are going to be talking about him a little bit later on. Which, by the way, I said was we, we picked him as number one last week. We did. Sorry, not his second win of the season, but second win of the calendar year, which is tremendous for him. And our board is a little bit split in two this week. Um, as you alluded to, we have 11 of the top 25 in the world that are playing this week. A lot of these guys we haven't seen since the Ryder Cup. So we're looking at them. But then with this being the third event of the new season, a lot of these new guys have really started to make their move and make their impression on the PGA Tour, which is so good to see. Yeah, we have to shuffle through that, right? We're seeing Brooks Kepka come out this week. Is Brooks here seriously to play golf this week? Is he here with his girlfriend having some time on the strip and having seen some cool shows? Is he just prepping this week for the next couple of big events that are coming up? Probably so. We have to weigh all that in. Is Brooks putting well enough to get to 24 under? So we'll, we'll discuss all, all that, but everyone has different reasons. We, and we know probably which ones, which guys on our list this week are gonna be trying the hardest and the most focused. Yeah. Right, so coming up on the show, well, we're going to go through our re-ranked field and give you our top 10. Then we're going to give you three names to watch as well. We've got a good mix of odds, a good mix of stories as well. And it's all coming up on the Tour Report. Compete against your friends on PGA Tour events. Win cash and bragging rights. Test your golf knowledge. Experience the success and failure of PGA oh, Tour players. Man. SG Tour app is an engaging golf experience designed by professional golfers that created a variety of games, including single and multi-day games, as well as tournament-long contests. It's really simple. Join or create a game. Pick four players and win cash. You can even immerse yourself in interactive features, including course strategy, Putt Predictor and daily content exclusively from PGA Tour players. The word is out and golf fans are catching on. So don't miss out. Download the SG Tour app now. It's Viva Las Vegas this week on the Tour Report. The Shriners Children's Open at TPC Summerlin. I'm Diane Knox and Elk is here and we're giving you our top picks. Um, Elk, as you said, last week we had Sam Burns as our number one guy. We had Cody Connors, Will Zalatoris, a lot of these guys who were really in the mix. So we got off to a good start. And then if you go back to last year for this tournament, we picked Martin Laird at 250 to one as the winner. He was there on a sponsor's exemption. But this course does throw up a lot of the same names and a similar type of player. Yeah, for a you know, a relatively easy course, this favors experience. And the reason that is, is I'm looking behind you there, there's trees everywhere on this golf course, but if you hit the tee shot straight, it's a piece of cake. These guys, they get a lot of roll out in Vegas. Some of these drives are going to roll out 350, 380. I think Bryson hits a couple 400 last year. So you've got to hit that like a bowling alley, get it down into play. The iron game is not a big deal if you're in the fairway, but the whole key and our list this week, Diane, is only full of people that can 
drive it straight enough or, or raise their game good enough to play this course, have experience at it, and can get to 20 under. Okay. A lot of the big names back in the field this week, and we're going to kick off our re-ranked top 10 with one of them. Now, Elk, this guy, it's got to be, what, his third season on the PGA Tour, and he's one of these names always floating around, really turns up for the big tournaments as well. And he was one of the stars of the US Ryder Cup team at Whistling Straits just a couple of weeks ago. So our number one pick this week, we're looking for his debut win on the PGA Tour, which sounds kind of crazy now, but Scotty Scheffler is the top of our list. Well, considering we're going to Las Vegas, Diane, when we gamble in golf and you win a skin on a hole, you usually have to validate it on the next hole by tying anyone else in the group score. That's what wins you the skin. Well, Scotty Scheffler, he is looking to validate all that momentum he has, Diane. He just beat the number one player in the Ryder Cup, John Rahm, on Sunday. Imagine how confident he is. He is looking for validation. He wants a trophy to sit beside that Ryder Cup, Diane. And, and you know, Scotty Scheffler drives it great. He's one of the best putters on tour. But I think the attitude for him must be, look, I can't. I'm seeing all my friends around me that are all got majors and wins. And here I am knocking off John Rahm. It's time for me to step up. And I think this is a good shot right out of the gate. There's no, his momentum, his confidence could never be higher than it is right now. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about him beating John Ram in the Sunday singles at the Ryder Cup. He thrashed him. I mean, he was four up through five. And even in the, the press conference afterwards, he was really singled out as being one of these guys who he's a rookie. It can be a little bit much sometimes. But with that caliber of a US team, he just fit right in and got extremely valuable points on the board for the US in that record-breaking victory. But Scotty Scheffler, I mean, looking at his numbers, you talk about his putting, seventh for birdie average. For putting average, he's 10th. Um, for someone like Scheffler, because this is his first start of the new season, these are numbers that are continuing from last year, I guess. But off the tee, this guy is a monster. Yeah, everything you said is true. Uh, he came into the Ryder Cup with question marks all over him. I saw the press was up all over him in the beginning of the week, whether he deserved his spot, should there have been Kokrak, should there have been Kevin Nah, and he came out of the Ryder Cup at the other end of it, the hero, yeah. beating John Rahm, who was the absolute, uh, you know, hardest guy to get a point from ever since Seve Ballesteros on the European side of things, Diane. So, yeah, Scotty Scheffler is... He's well positioned in this event. Uh, he needs to win. He will win. And I'm web banking that's going to happen right here. Yeah, he's one of the favorites this week as well. Vegas have him at 22 to 1. So Scotty is our top guy. Coming in at number two, another rookie from the Ryder Cup who again went out and performed great. I mean, they all did. But Harris English, who had two wins last season in Hawaii and then at the Travelers, we have him as our second pick. I mean, he's sitting at 11th in the world right now. It's impossible to ignore Harris. He's so, he's so consistent, Diane. He's so good at hitting the ball off the tee and so good at putting that it, it becomes very mundane mundane for us to talk about him. He's he's emerging player, as you said. He's won, you know, twice last year. He's got a super caddy, good attitude. And, you know, I think this is just going to be an you know, extension of what he's been doing. Um, will it be this week? He has to, we have to put him somewhere. He's certainly earned his spot right here at number two. 
He's one of those guys that, um, you know, we talk about Webb Simpson being very consistent and he's not a super flashy golfer. I think I would rate Harris a little bit higher in the flashy stakes, but he rarely puts a foot wrong. He's just, especially with the approach shot, and we know that accuracy and and getting to your spot on the green is going to be important this week, and it seems to be his forte. Well, he totally let go an event at Memphis recently. And he he had complete control of that event. Four shot lead, I think, going to the back nine, finish up just making all kind of mistakes and lost that event. Luckily for him, he had two wins already that that year. And and I think that will be something that he would like to get rid of. And the only way to do it is to get back in there and get back in the hunt. He did the same thing at Congaree at the Palmetto Championship um, last season as well. But as you say, I mean, Harris English has been on tour for such a long time. He lost his game a little bit, had to go back to the Corn Ferry Tour finals a few years ago. And I've heard so many things where he just said that he was trying to overcomplicate everything. And it seems to be such a common theme when these guys take a dip that they just have to get back to basics and playing the golf that made them good in the first place. Yeah, and, and when you look at Harris English, I mean, he's a very orthodox player, sets up to the ball square, aims it straight, very neutral grip, neutral backswing. Everything is very neutral. He's just really a sort of an aim and point type of player. And, you know, he's very focused. And I think, you know, things are great for him. Stay away from the casinos late at night. You'll be fine. All right, well, number three is the most recent winner on the PGA Tour, getting his second victory last week at the Country Club of Jackson. Sam Burns went on, I mean, he was there or thereabouts through Thursday, Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday back nine just went on a tear and he just seemed so calm and in control that at that point, he was really the only name that jumped out as being the eventual winner. And the only reason, Diane, we picked him as number one, of course, last week. The only reason he's not number one this week is because I, I'm thinking he's had a little celebrating. He might take his family out there. I don't know. But I'm, the only reason I bumped him two spots this week, Diane, is he's just taking maybe a little break. I don't know. Is he just, you know, is he not focused as he was last week? So I've got him just pushed back a little bit. But Sam Burns is, is, is a force of nature. And he's hungry right now, which is great. He didn't get a Ryder Cup snub. I mean, he was one of the names that was there or thereabouts in the mix. And he said that he did get a phone call from Steve Stricker to say that he hadn't made it as a pick. But he also said that that really motivated him because in two years time, that guy wants to be on that team. Yeah, and and the way the Ryder Cup turned out, there was a lot of conjecture beforehand talking about who could be, who should be on the team. And then at, at the end of it, there was none. It was like the guys that played, Steve Strick had never made a mistake. Everything that he picked and did was perfect. And all those guys have now sort of, there's no more talking points to any of them. So they're off the, off the, you know, there's no pressure on them now to say, well, you know, we should have picked this guy or that. Europe, on the other hand, they, they didn't have the big benefit of having a ton of guys that they were sitting on the sidelines. So not sure why I mentioned the European side, only that you, you're sitting right there, Diane, however. And the American team killed them, so. <laughs> this year, they, they were lucky enough to put it all together, they were. Well, a perfect link to the European team. One of the guys who was making his Ryder Cup debut is Victor Hovland. He's also making his debut at the Shriners Open here. We've talked about the fact that experience is going to be important this week, and we've seen that through the years. But Victor Hovland, it's hard to overlook one, his just pure talent. And secondly, coming off the Ryder Cup and having a pretty decent time there. 
it's good attitude. Yeah. He's always smiling. He seems so pleased with himself and so happy. He probably drove out to Vegas. I know he doesn't like to fly, so he probably drove out. He probably stopped at a couple of national parks and had a picnic and everything. And Victor Hovland is like, makes me smile every time I see him play. And he's putts a lot better than he used to, and he chips a lot better. But uh, that was the only slight thing that we had to watch for him last year, Diane. But now Victor Hovland seems as though he's more complete player and is there every week and he's so strong and hits it straight with a fade and attacks you know when he has to and look he's he's a super player and, and he deserves his spot right here yeah and at 20 to 1 definitely one of the favorites this week and then at number five one of his buddies one of the guys from his kind of elite group of college players that graduated to the tour at the same time and this guy got his first win right off the bat matthew wolf we have at number five now played well here last year got into a playoff with austin cook and martin laird with laird being the eventual winner but I mean, Wolf had his own struggles personally last year, took some time off. He was very open in talking about them, but we saw really good signs from him last week at uh, the Sanderson Farm. So Wolf at number five, we feel good about it this week. Yeah, if, if Wolf didn't play decent last week, he wouldn't be in number five this week, but he came off, as you said, he came off being away from the game, came back to Sanderson last week, one of the most talented players we have on the tour came back and had a solid start last week. Now he must feel better about everything coming to Vegas where he got beaten in the playoff last year. Uh, his mate, as you said, Victor Hovland will be there. And everybody be sort of pulling for Wolf, but at the end of the day, Wolf needs to get on, on with his work and there'll be no one feeling sorry for him once they tee it up on Thursday. However, I just sort of have an inclination that Wolf has rested and he's starting to feel good again. And this is the perfect location. He plays good in the desert, California kid, hits it straight off the tee and makes all kinds of putts, Diane, so easy course for him. Okay, so our top five, Scotty Scheffler, Harris English, Sam Burns, Victor Hovland, and Matthew Wolf. Wolf at 45 to one is definitely the, uh, the highest odds guy in that five. So on the way next, we'll go through the rest of our top 10 and we'll give you three names to watch in Vegas this week. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app and play four ball. It's a classic stroke play competition based on the aggregate scores of four players. Who makes your team? Well, pick four guys, one from each tier based on the current World Golf rankings. Want a tip? You need four guys to make the cut. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. Well, we've given you our top five and we are working our way through the rest of our re-ranked top 10. Elk, the guy coming in at number six, he is a Cali guy. Um, this part of the US, he traditionally plays well out here. Maverick McNeely is our guy at six after a runner-up finish already this season at the Safeway Open. I love this guy. He should be almost higher. He's on the verge of breaking out, Diane. Maverick McNeely was the most celebrated college player. He, All these guys around him, whether it's Honma who beat him in Napa. I think when I turned the TV or I left the TV at Napa, Maverick completely had control of the golf tournament. I watched Mark Leishman, our own secret golfer, finish on Sunday, thinking that McNeely was going to break through and win. California expert player like Honma, 
lives in Vegas, number one on the short season in putting. Maverick McNeely is going to win, and it could be right here. This guy is swinging. Well, he's swinging the best I've ever seen him swing. I've been waiting for this guy to come out of his shell for ages, yeah. and I reckon this is going to be it. Something always sticks with me, and it was um, before the AT&T at Pebble Beach earlier this year, and you had said, you know, that he's from up in that part of the world. He knows how to play these greens. He puts well, and I mean, it turned out, I think he finished maybe top five, definitely within the top 10 at that tournament. And sorry, it was the Fortinet Championship. I'm gonna call the Napa tournament the Safeway Open forever, just out of habit. But we saw the same thing from him there. And to be one putting average, second in birdie average. Okay, I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but talk about a hot start. Now, I just like, I'm, I'm looking at his swing. He's, he's, his problem since he's come on tour has always been changing his swing. And I think he worked with Butch Harmon out in Vegas, lives in Vegas, working on all that. And it's taken him a while until I saw him at Napa the other week, how good he was swinging, how free his swing was. And I could just tell by the way he was walking, everything about him was just all about winning. And he just got run over by Max Honmar in the end, but that's sitting right below the surface. Here comes Maverick McNeely this week. Watch out if you're a, if he's a horse, he's the one to watch. Hey, and he's 60 to 1, which those are great odds, bearing in mind he just had a runner-up finish a couple of weeks ago. So Maverick McNeely at six on our list. And number seven, a guy who loves this place. I mean, he lives in Vegas. He's won this tournament in 2011 and in 2019. He's had a bunch of runner-up finishes as well. Kevin Na is our number seven. Hard to overlook Na at this tournament. Well, he's the best putter. I don't care what the stats say. He's the best cut putter on this course, in this field. And if he drives it halfway decent, he's going to win it or he's going to be runner-up like he has it a half dozen times, it seems like, with yeah. Kevin Nutt. He knows how to play this course more than anything, Diane. But putting is the key here. You know, we're talking at the top about getting to 23 under, five each day. You know, Kevin Nye, we've seen some spectacular putting out of him all season last year where he walks the putts in. But this place he particularly likes. He knows the grain. He knows the slope. And he is rested. He finished strong in the season. Very high finish in the top 30 in the, in the Tour Championship. And the other thing about Kevin Nye is he's playing good right now. I mean, looking back to the end of last season, he had a second place finish at the Wyndham, uh, top 10, it was an eighth place at the Northern Trust, and then a third at the Tour Championship. So this guy is playing great golf right now too. Yeah, now this is very rare on the Tour, Diane. He's sort of an overachiever. When you think about all the people on tour that can be underachievers that aren't fulfilling their you know, potential, Nye, on the other hand, is had troubles with his swing over the years and he sort of overachieves he's one of the shorter hitters on tour one of the best putters and he just knows how to be a tour player and he knows how to make money knows how to win he basically won the tour championship dying he was the lowest score to par without the handicap so he beat everyone that was there in the top 30 knows what to do yeah, uh, two 66s and two 67s around Eastlake. So 
that was just a couple of weeks ago. So momentum is high, confidence is high, and he's back on a course that he loves. Kevin Na is our number seven pick. Uh, his odds, by the way, are 35 to one. And the guy at number eight, same odds, Corey Connors. He had a good tournament last week at Country Club of Jackson, ended up finishing 17th. Um, he was there or thereabouts. I thought that Connors was gonna take it after Saturday. But again, one of these guys, especially when you look at his numbers and his ball striking, it's hard to overlook him. Had a great season last week, last year with the majors. He was right there in the top five in about three of them. But I, I talked about at the top of Diane, I, I got two clubs in mind this week. Driver, Corey Connors is the straightest driver we got out on tour. And what did you tell me what his putting stats are in the new season, Diane? Yeah, I mean, unreal. We were just talking about Maverick McNeely. Connor's seventh in putting average and eighth in birdie average. So there you go. It's the only stat that Connors has been a little bit weak in, and here he is off to a good start. So I'm going to ride him a little bit longer here, Diane, to see if that putting will come through for, for Connors and get him get his second victory. Second victory. Okay. Well, first start of the new season for Joaquin Neiman, and we have him in at number nine. Uh, again, when it comes to ball striking, when it comes to accuracy, when it comes to hitting those points on the greens and putting well, Neiman's a bit of an all-rounder. Plays so good on narrow courses. Grew up uh, playing a very narrow golf course. Putts so good, very aggressive. I love him this week. Got a, how is he coming out of the holidays or is he been on holidays? I don't know, but I got a, I got a sense that he's young enough to not fool around down in, in, on the strip and be serious about his golf this week. And I like Joaquin Neiman. Okay, so he's 50 to one. And then our guy at number 10, another one who loves this course. And you can see why when you look at the strengths of his game. Finished fourth here last year and fourth in 2018. Abraham Answer, green across the board, apart from distance. But this guy is so accurate that distance doesn't really play into it that much for him. Plays that nice little power fade. Um, again, I think he's very serious about his golf this week. I have to say all this because not everyone was serious when we went to Vegas, Diane. Some of us were in the health club. Some were doing, you know, going to shows late at night and all this going on. But uh, this young man, Abraham Answer, won the, the, he was the recipient of sort of a Harris English collapse in Memphis and then had a great win in the playoff, hit it stiff and beat uh, Sam Burns of all people who won last week so we know his game is very good very strong he was a sort of a weak putter but now that he has that WGC event under his belt Diane the confidence is high perfect course for him Mexican grown up courses in Mexico are very narrow because they don't have the land allocated to all the golf and this course is going to suit him perfect Okay, so our full top 10 this week for the Shriners Children's Open. Scotty Scheffler at number one, followed by Harris English, Sam Burns, Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf, Maverick McNeely, Kevin Na, Cody Connors, Joaquin Neiman, and Abraham Answer. Right, one more part of the show to come, and we're gonna give you three names to really watch out for this week, and some higher odd picks as well. Play Money Grabber on the SG Tour. Instead of strokes, it's all about the cash. You pick a team of four players, one from each tier, and scoring is based on the money that your team wins.
Your guys missed the cut? No problem, you're still in the game. The SG Tour Golf Gaming App, available on iOS in the App Store. Well, we have three names for you to watch out for this week. Elk, with it being the third event of the PGA Tour season, we were talking, we have a lot of the big names coming back, but um, you know, the names that we're gonna be looking at here, these are guys that have really started strong over the first two events. Is it the third week or is it the 47th or the 56th in a row? I don't know, I get lost uh, nowadays on the Tour of Diane. I'm exhausted thinking about some of these schedules these guys have to play. But yes, uh, we're going to be watching closely on, on one particular name that you uh, you haven't mentioned it yet, have you? No, but you can. No, you can give it away. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. We can start with that name because I think we're both on the same page. Nick Watney had a great week last week at the Sanderson Farms Championship and finished in second place. Now he's 150 to one this week in Vegas. Elk, he lives in Vegas. He has had a terrible run of form over the last couple of years. And this week, he well, this season actually, he's using a very special exemption that he has. Yes, if, you fit in, if you're currently in the top 50 all-time money winners, you get a one-year exemption. You can just get a free ticket, wow. the golden ticket, and lay it down and said, I'm gonna play the tour one more year. And when I start to think about what motivates players, he doesn't, Nick Watney doesn't want to be off tour. And what did he do when he took that year? He went straight out last week. Sanderson had a great finish. Now he comes home. Do you really think that he's going to be trying to build all this money early so he'll be back on tour next year? I do. I think he will be. He knows everything about this place, tons of experience. And you got to watch a guy that just got form last week and coming back to his home course. He's had a runner-up finish here before as well. As you say, it's a home event for him. He started, he had an injury and that just kind of put him all wrong and it seemed to be just a, a sliding scale of doom after that. But he went back to his old coach, Butch Harmon, in July of this year. And again, it's what we were talking about earlier with Harris English. It's kind of simplifying everything and get back to playing the golf that made you good in the first place. And then this confidence of having a great start to the season, it's got to be all going up for Watney right now. Yeah, you know, going back to see Butch Harmon was a good move. I'm sure I know Butch, the way he teaches, he would have gone back to what he did when they were working together, whether it's years, months before, simplify things for him. Watney would have said, oh, okay, I'll just go back and do that. He got immediate results from that. So now that'll be starting to multiply inside of himself. And now, as, as we've already talked about, his motivation is to get back on tour and stay there and ride this all the way to when he's, I know he's taking his one year 50, but I don't know how old he is, but he's got to be in his 40s, Diane. Yeah, he's 40. He is 40. Yeah. So, and you were saying earlier, you know, we're looking at the winning scores, 23 under the past two years. Who can get to 23 under? I mean, he just got to 21 under last week. So. Watney's there, um, he said that he had to ask himself some difficult questions like, do I actually want to be doing this anymore? And he does. So he used that exemption and he's got off to a great start already. So Nick Watney is definitely one to watch this week and we have him at 150 to one. 
The next guy, 125 to 1, someone we were really big on last season, and it was a bit of a roller coaster year for him, but again, strong start to the season with a fourth place finish last week. So, Henrik Norlander is our second pick this week. This was a guy that was very interesting, Diane. He came over and started playing really well on the West Coast. San Diego, Phoenix, out west. And then he kind of went quiet for a bit. But Norlander, what I like about him is how good he swings it and hits it straight. Long hitter, big kid. Uh, sort of reminds me a little bit, Diane, of Victor Hovland. Uh, just that style of player. And uh, as you said, fourth place finish last week. I'm riding these, these horses. You just made a really interesting point there. Already in this show, we've talked about Watney, who just was thinking about, do I even want to do this? We have Wolf over here who's getting back of not sure if he could do it from time away. Then we have uh, Scotty Scheffler who's riding this emotional high from beating Rahm. And it starts to give the viewers, the people that listen to our show, Diane, that it can't be just looking at stats. Mm -hmm. It's all these emotions that, quite frankly, we know more than a lot of people because we're so close to all these players and their families. We understand what this is all about. Uh, even uh, all the drama you have to go through with your brother occasionally. <laughs> so, you know as much as anyone. So anyway, I just wanted to point out that that has to be factored in. Vegas doesn't know how to do that, but we certainly have a feel for sort of uh, nuances in players' games. Yeah, well, our third one to watch, that fits perfectly because this guy is a roller coaster player and he has extreme highs where he's had two wins on the PGA Tour and then he just doesn't play great and um, it's these ups and downs but when he is up he can just consistently turn it on and he just got a fourth place finish at the Sanderson Farms last week. Andrew Landry is a secret golf contributor so we know him really well, his family, his game. He's 225 to 1 this week. And for Landry, the confidence that he took after having a really pretty rubbish end to last season, to then have a fourth place finish so quickly, it's it's got to be up for him too. Yeah, and if I was in Vegas this week, I would go down to Caesars Palace Sportsbook, Diane, my favourite little spot, and I would put a little money on Andrew Landry because usually with a guy like Landry, he's, he's sort of like Kevin Nye, he's an excellent putter, got to get the ball in the fairway. But when he does, he does things like he did last week and finished fourth. So he's fixed something. I texted with him after his fourth place and he was delighted with that. And I was, been, I texted him, I've been waiting for this finish. And he said, I have too. But normally with Landry, he's fixed something. Okay. Wouldn't be personal. It would be professional. It would be his swing, his action, something he has a strong grip and he plays a bit of a variation. So. He, once he gets that thing on track, we saw him at Palm Springs win that tournament and the guy can get hot as anyone out there. So I'm still riding Landry on the way up this week, Diane. And at 225 to one, there's definitely good value there. We talk about the best value ever last year when we got Martin Laird at 250 to one and he went on to win. And it would be wrong of us not to mention him this year because he's 160 to one. And we do talk about the fact that the same guys play well at this course. So at 160 to one, there's gonna be good value for making the cut, for a top 25, for a top 10. So it's definitely worth mentioning Martin Laird again. 
Well, the reason that you were so big on Martin Lair last year when we looked at all the statistics, he grew up, he played his golf, he's Scottish, but he grew up in Phoenix playing narrow courses. He's one of the longest hitters on tour and he was out most of the season with a wrist injury. And what was he doing while he was out? He was putting. It was the weakest part of his game. So we put those two together that he loves playing desert golf and he's had a revised putting game and he finished up winning the tournament. Good for secret golf, good for Diane Knox that a Scotsman won a tournament. But we sort of had an inclination and we and that's the way we like to do things around here. Yeah, and that's why we're and we say it all the time, we're never a hundred percent stat based because there's Andy. these little things that you find out and that you hear that, you know, you know better than anyone how these guys work. So it worked for us last year and we have some good high odd picks. Maybe Andrew Landry is gonna be the Martin Laird of twenty twenty one. So um, this is actually the first of two weeks back to back in Vegas because the CJ Cup is at the Summit Club next week. Uh, our very own Jason Kokrak, he won the CJ Cup last year. It was at a different course, Shadow Creek. But, um, you know, we were talking about the fact that we have a lot of these big name players that are back in the field. And, you know, what a great way to start their season by having two weeks in Vegas. Yeah, and I started to think about my friend Jason Kokrak. He's been up in Cleveland, uh, relaxing with his two young boys. I'm looking for him more seriously next week. I'd like to get the dust out for him coming here this week. Uh, long hitter, Brooks Kepka's another. I'm not looking for Brooks to get to 23 under this week. I think he'll have a small break after all the pressure and all the uh, scrutiny he put himself under going into the Ryder Cup and all the pressure that was released by them winning it. I think he'll have a nice week in Vegas having fun up there. So not, you know, you said uh, not all stats. I think it's about 30% stats, Diane. I think 30% is another uh, form, how what form they're in. And then I think 30 to 40% is miscellaneous of things that we know, caddies, relationships, form, Biorhythms, non-biorhythms, yeah. whether you, whatever. Uh, Maybe the whoop band. Uh, I was with someone the other day that told me if they have two drinks, everything's fine. If they have four drinks, then they shouldn't even go to the golf. I said, I played half my career with four drinks. What, I mean, somebody's got to be able to do some good with four drinks. Especially in Vegas. That's if there's any place, then Vegas would be the four drink place. <laughs> Right, Elk, thank you very much. Good luck with all of your picks and your bets this week. And we'll be back next week for the CJ Cup. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.